And then all of a sudden (laughs) the kids are graduating and you're like, where did my time go? I still have a through Z to teach them. And I've just been making sure that I got to carpool on time. Hello, welcome to Hi Mom, Let's Talk. This is our mom and daughter podcast. I'm Ingrid, I'm the daughter, I live in New York. And I'm Vicki, the mom, I live in Los Angeles. We're figuring out life from opposite coasts, doing our best to cultivate a raw and transparent relationship that is also generous and safe. So mom, let's talk. Hi, Mom. Hello, Ingrid. Let's talk to Nellie Harden one more time about parenting, And maybe bring it home a little bit more for some personal stories. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And some concrete, tangible actions. Nellie, thank you so much for doing this series with us. We're having a great time. It's a lot to think about. I'm going to be thinking about it a long time, I think, Um, just because it's nice to put vocabulary to things that we often are already doing. Mom and I have done a few deep dives into personality tests you know, over the years, you know, like the deep strengths finder test, the deep Myers-Briggs Enneagram test. Anyway, but the way that I like to think about those is that they don't tell you anything. They don't put you in a box or tell you anything new about yourself, but they might give you vocabulary for how to describe who you already are, who you're becoming into the world. And I feel similarly about the last few weeks with you. I think it's just like good vocabulary for naming things and putting our eyes on things that are going to happen regardless, but it's nicer to to know how to talk about them. Absolutely. Just have a a vocabulary around it and really shine a light on it. I mean, we get so busy as parents just going through and getting into survival mode, which lasts longer and longer and longer. And then all of a sudden (laughs) the kids are graduating and you're like, where did my time go? I still have a through Z to teach them. And I've just been making sure that I got to carpool on time, you know? (laughs) And so getting the brownies and making sure the sports teams and like all the things that parents have on their plate today. And it's really easy for the world to tell you that, the, that those things are primary and mm-hmm. what happens at home is secondary, but it really is vice versa. And so, yeah, with, with we, where we've been going and these conversations, it's really just shining a light and making sure what is pr- actually primary is primary. I always go back to what is going to be a part of you in the relationship. And when you approach each other, what's going to be between the two of you 20 years from now at a family gathering? Mm, That's absolutely the question. And that I think is exactly what I'd love to talk more about today is that relational aspect. What is it between you? How do you each come to the table in your relationship? Because mom and I have spent years on this podcast now talking about how tricky that transition was for us coming out of, as you say, the 6570, like coming out of high school and then really coming out of college because we had a hard time in my college years. I put up a lot of walls. The The journey for uh, differentiation was really tricky for us. And I think on both sides, we've talked about like, like both of us went to therapy. We did some counseling together. And there was just a lot of questions of like, who am I? Who are you? Mom asking me a lot of like, but who are you? And me being (laughs) looking at her like, I don't, I have no idea. And then mom, I think some for you too, right? You've talked about like, wait, who am I if I'm not just Ingrid's mom? And how do, what do, what do each of us bring to this relationship? And so I think today we could talk 
through some of those stories of us post 6570 and then look back at what we like to do is look back and say like, okay, there's no wrong answer through parenting. Like the journey is the journey and we're happy with where we have come. But if we were to look back, like what, where are the places that we could have made it a little easier on ourselves by opening up sooner or asking questions differently? I think one of the things for me when we talk about like that journey to self-leadership, like we talked about last episode, I noticed that something that was tricky for me in that was just the visual, the vision that I had of who my mom was. Because mom, when I'm really little, is the beginning and the end of the world. And she knows everything and she's in charge. And so as we talked about last time, like shifting that to me being in charge, I think is kind of different relationally than it is on paper. I feel good about how self-motivated I was in school. I'm like very type A, A student. I am going to lead the group project, whether or not you've asked me to. <laughs> like that, I'm, I got it. I'm down for that. But it really took a lot of years through, I think the last like seven or eight years from college and then post-college for me to feel comfortable enough in my own skin to know what I was bringing to the table just in a relational sense with mom. It takes those same skills of like thinking through what my goals are in the world and then putting action to them. But you don't think about those relationally. It's, it takes an extra step to think like, what is my goal with my mom? Oh, like I can have a goal relationally? I guess so. I can have the goal that I would like to, you know, chat about this kind of a thing or like have an open relationship. I would like to be able to come back for Christmas with current context for our lives instead of having to start over with like, how have you been for the last six months? <laughs> That's actually also a goal that I can have. And I can do that as the daughter. And that is actually going to alleviate a lot of what mom probably feels is the pressure of like trying to connect with her adult daughter from her side. That's a lot of what I learned over the last eight years about <laughs> how to take something that we just knew as time management into using it for the other tools in the world. And you know, when when I hear that, what I'm hearing so is is that transition and I know for so all of my kids all of my girls all daughters are in middle high school <clears throat> middle school high school right now and it's this fun transition I really enjoy it actually of asking them what are you going to do about this situation and then guide as needed instead of them coming to me and asking for help and me giving the answer right? Mm -hmm. It's them coming to me and asking for, for help. And then me saying, well, what do you think you should do about this? This is something that's going to go on in the world. I still, I had a situation like this just last week with a friend of mine. So this is something that's going to keep going. So what do you think you're going to do um, in this situation guide accordingly, but even deeper than that. So my, um, my oldest daughter, just went on a two week expedition and she left us for two weeks and there was zero contact whatsoever. And that was hard, super hard, but there was beautiful, really beautiful things that happened for her, especially. And she has, you know, her stories that happened, but here at home and we're, we're very conscientious about this anyway. Um, but it even brought it more to light. What an important part of our home, our team she is. And I know for her and I, I, I tell her often and I, uh, we kept a journal in our kitchen just to be like, anytime anyone wants to say anything to Skyla, our oldest, I was like, just write it in the journal and we'll give it to her when she gets home. So um, sweet. just so she, a, she knows that she was, you know, always on our hearts and minds, but B it gave, it was like therapy for us. Right. So we had an outlet to get to her ish. Yeah. 
even though we didn't anyway, but in there it was, uh, it was a lot of, I really miss your talks in it. From me, it was, I miss our talk. She's such a great talker. She can really just, if you're stressed about something, she can calm you down really, uh, easily. She's a great hugger, you know, and just how she helps me. And I've told her that before, but I very much told her that when she was away, when she got back and then her sisters were also like, Oh, I had these two situations that I really needed to talk to you about. And you weren't here, but I'll don't worry. I'll tell you about them when you get home, but I really could have, you know, used your ear during this. And so just really validating Mm. her place as a mature citizen of this home not just a kid. And so because we are a team, it's, it's really important to not only just, you know, you know, mom is the, is the sun and the moon and things like when they're younger, but really also showing them their values to you, not just to the world, not just to themselves or to friends, but this is how you help me. And I don't know what I do without you. And I'm so grateful that I have you to help me through this. And I'm so grateful that we have that forever, you know, the two of us. Mm. And so that's, that's just a really powerful thing. And it's just more of that, giving them the credit where credit is due and also giving them the capacity, the space in order to show those, right? Because if I didn't, if I wasn't vulnerable and was able to share with her, I'm stressed, I'm having kind of a hard day. She wouldn't be able to rise up and be the comfort for that. And I wouldn't be able to see that side of her. So it's this give and take of, you know, what are you going to do about this situation? Let's talk about it. You know, that's hard. I understand where you're coming from. And yeah, this happened to me and, and them stepping in and uh, helping as well. And yes. And lastly, one other thing that we did as a family, which has really broadened their horizons is we have several small businesses, uh, not-for-profits and things that we just did around town, like raising money for the 4th of July festival with lemonade and like all these things. And we have a family business too, where we're helping the world and reducing plastics. And, but when you start something like that, a team project, if you will, everybody needs to step up to the plate, Mm -hmm. right? not just the parents and you get to see them shine, which is beautiful. Is that one of the things that you would recommend to families like in your coaching to come up with a team project? Kind of like Ingrid and I describe it as a quest. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, how big or broad that project is really depends on the family's, you know, unique life that they're living. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, am I going to tell everybody to go out there and start an international company? No, (laughs) not at all. But hey, pick something. Maybe it's the local shelter, you know, um, Mm -hmm. homeless shelter, dog shelter, whatever, and raise some money for that. Do something, but something that everyone has to come through on, show up for, and Mm -hmm. actually participate in. And everyone needs to come through something, some sort of challenge. And when you don't go through any sort of challenge, you're going to be at a disadvantage in life, right? Mm -hmm. Because those challenges make us stronger. And Mm -hmm. so that is a positive kind of challenge that you can bring to the table and come through as a unit, as a family, depending on one another, not just kids, depending on parents, but parents, depending on kids. Well, the other part of that kind of a team project is that, uh, which we talked a little bit about last time, is like the self-control really that it must take from the parent's side to allow that kid to fail (laughs) out of that. Because I mean, as I recently stated, as the like team leader, just self-appointed so often, 
I even just in a group project have the tendency to pick up everyone else's slack. And of course the parent can do that for the kid. And so, but even if it's just like, you know, like if you just decided to all sell lemonade to raise money and like gave them all the task and then the one kid didn't bring glasses, like cups, it would be so easy for you to go pick up some extra glasses, like just in case. So I just want to mention that because I feel like that's actually, that's like, there would be impressive self-control on the parent's side to be like, nope. I really have to let you feel what it feels like when you don't hold your weight. Right. Exactly. How did you as a family decide on the businesses or the projects that you did together? They weren't intentional back when we started them. You know, the lemonade, my kids just came across a really like three ingredient, all natural lemonade. And we had it somewhere. And then our local, we have the biggest 4th of July festival in North Carolina in our little tiny town. (laughs) And so it was really lacking funds. And I was like, well, people really like this lemonade, um, you know, y'all make. And so why don't we sell this? And We did it at the Memorial Day celebration, which uh, I was hosting for the town. And then, yeah, we were able to, I want to say it was like $600 or something. And which for kiddos, that was a big deal. That was a really big deal. And they got to go meet the mayor and they got fun little cups with, you know, tin engraved cups and all the things. And so picture in the paper and all the things, and they were able to see, oh, this is what happens when you step up and do something. Right. Right. And then, yeah, our, our, uh, the sea glass company really just started as a, there's six of us. There's a lot of us. And what can we do that's better than us going out to eat and wasting these six straws that, you know, we use for an hour and then are on this planet for the rest of our lives. That seems completely ridiculous, but we all like straws and we drink a lot of water and all the things. So Mm -hmm. anyway, yeah, we, we just looked into it. It was more curiosity. And then we, we did it for ourselves. And then said, how can we help impact other families and impact the world in such a big way at the same time? And so it's just a lot of these discussions sitting around at lunch or dinner, what going on a walk or what have you, and just really asking these questions. What can we do? What can we do? You're a planner more than I am, (laughs) but how far in advance does your family plan? Like, do you plan a year in advance? I mean, clearly you have the 6570. I have a target I'm aiming at for when my children launch. So you have developed that mindset in them to be future thinkers. I mean, that is in the strengths finder, the Gallup strengths finder. That is a, that is a strength to be a future thinker. Not everybody has that. Definitely. I don't have that, but that is a gift that you, you give them to think about that. So in your family, how far in advance do you plan and what do you, how do you coach people in their families to plan? Well, again, that's, you know, individual and I give people options. So for us, as just a sudden example, you know, we have, we have what we want in the 6570 and it's very general and it's out there. But what we want to do every day is when it comes into a quarter. So I like to plan quarterly in general, but when it comes down to this is what I'm doing at this time, it's weekly. So every week I come up with that and I just make sure literally I could, um, you know, show you on my calendar right here on my calendar, our goals are up at the top. So I can make sure that on Sunday or Friday, whatever, when I'm planning for the next week, I can be like, does that follow in line with that? Does that follow in line with Mm. that? Right. So it doesn't take this extraordinary, like I have a two year calendar on my wall right next to me, but it's not filled out. I just look over there because I like to know the dates instead of going over to my computer calendar. But 
I, you just want to keep them top of mind all the time and make sure yeah. what you're doing is aligned with what your end goal is. Yeah. I was just going to say, I do have people that are, you know, they come into the coaching and they're already like month long planners. So we work with that, you know? And so just again, whatever they're coming in with, we want to, the strengths that they're coming in with, we want to work with those, whatever that looks like for them. The difference I think there is that like, it's one thing to be a really organized planner and like have all the dates, but it's another to attach those to goals. That's what I find so powerful about that is like having the compass of why and the why. I mean, all the way back to like talking about chores the last couple episodes is like you could just say, please do your chores or you could give them the why for the reasons that we care about taking care of our home, et cetera, et cetera. That's what I find extra powerful about that. Relationally, what I was just thinking about is the fact that mom and I have done a few episodes on like holiday communication over the last year as we've like come up to times when families often come back together after living their separate lives for a while. And we ended up talking a lot about what I don't know that we mentioned it at like labeled it as a goal. We talked a lot about basically creating these communication goals before you go in back into your mom's house that ended up being like, okay, sit on your bed before you leave and think about it. You know, what am I nervous about? When do I think it's going to be awkward? And and really, what would I like to leave with or or, or bring to the table? And then like, what's my break time? Where, like, where have I given myself an out to be refilled before I give more? Because you know, that has to happen in a big family event. I just, I was kind of struck that again, like sort of intrinsically, we were thinking about that idea, even without calling it a goal. That when you have two people coming into a relationship, you both are going to come to things at the table and it's it's totally worth it to think through those specifically versus sort of, you know, letting the wind take you where you go and having to be reactionary about your life. Right. Well, on a smaller scale, that's kind of what happened to us last week. So she came back. We went and picked her up after two weeks, completely away, yeah. sea kayaking down the coast, having extraordinary experiences that I've never experienced. So I can't relate to them. Mm. Right. Mm. And so this was a, this was an interesting coming back together. And I tell you that, that hug was like the best hug. It was so great you know, running up and just hugging. And, but afterwards, like on the way home, it's just a lot of those questions. Like, so do you feel any different? Does it feel weird to be in the in the van again with, you know, all of us. And it's totally okay if it does, because it, I mean, you, you have different life experiences that you're basing every, everything off of now. And so just being open and honest about those conversations and giving that some space to percolate, because if you're coming home from college or if you're away and living away and coming home after a while, there's, it's not going to be like, oh, I come in the door and I tell you these three things that have happened to me over the last three months. And then everything is just like it was before I left. That's right. you know, not right. going to be the case. So just having that ongoing conversation and almost a secret language that your family only has that you can just look at each other. And you can have that secret language like, oh yeah, Uncle Billy's, you know, acting a little weird again. Remember we talked about that earlier, you know, but having those conversations beforehand and, 
you know, I, I, I've missed you so much. This, these things have been happening to me. What's been happening to you? You know, does it feel weird to be back here? It does feel a little weird to have you back here, but I know I've missed you desperately, you know? So just being so open and honest, and it really comes down to vulnerability. Brene Brown does an incredible job. We love Brene Brown. Yes. I studied under Brene for a year and a half and she would just open my eyes to so much about being vulnerable. And that was a, that was a few years ago now, but it really does come down to that when it comes to communi- communication. And when I'm teaching my clients, it's all about, we, we've talked a few times and mentioned these assessments that you can take, right? Mm, right. I think one of the most important assessments that you can take is learning assessments because communication is giving and taking of information. Mm. When you're taking information in, you are learning, whether it's about the neighbor's cat next door that got out or whether it's about math or whether it's about a relationship, like you are learning. And so that's what happens when you take it in. And so doing some learning assessments and figuring out what your innate smarts and intelligences are, even doing, you know, the visual auditory, you know, uh, those type of things. It is so helpful when you're within the 6570 and then especially after because yeah. uh well I don't want to say especially also after <laughs> because when they come back you have less time to make an impact right you mm-hmm. have less time to have the joy have the growth have the whatever that you want to have and so you want to speak to them in a way that matches their learning language so that you can make the most of your time so anyway when i'm teaching communication which takes up 4 weeks of of my program because it's obviously so important i i say you know you know, if a, if a unicellular bacteria can communicate with its friends, then humans should be able to, you know? And right. so anyway, communication is so important. That's how we do everything. I mean, yeah. we wouldn't be anywhere if we didn't communicate through body, through words, through everything. But I always start with the learning languages of the, hmm. the parents and the kids, Yeah, because yeah. you need to know what that looks like. And move in the conversation accordingly. We've talked a lot about that with love languages too. Now that I think about it, just how, you know, how are you going to best receive my affection if I'd like to give it to you? And that's not always the same for everyone. My best friend is like a gift giver to her core and she loves to receive gifts. And that is like not even in my like plane of understanding. So I had to like work hard because, but that's the thing is like way back in high school, I learned that about her. And then it was like, okay, now I have a tool for how to love you better. And I can grow in that for your benefit because what I would like to do is, you know, support you. I was so struck when you first started your story about your daughter going away by, I don't know, just just the vocalization of how how she supported you in your life. I think that's so powerful. And I do think that that is something that mom and I grew more slowly in, probably in my realizing what I brought to the table relationally more than just like academically, you know, because it really I mean, so much of mom is like, but mom is is the answer person. Mom's the one I go to for help, for hugs, for for my compass, you know, and so it took a long time. I think it's still taking time, but what it took was me paying my own bills and like figuring life out on my own across the country for me to start to get my feet under me enough to feel like I have some advice to give you. <laughs> but I just I love the call there to be vulnerable early and and just like really explicit about the way that your daughter is helping you. I think that's really beautiful. Yeah. And you don't want to slip into a dependence 
of course, mm-hmm. right? Because it's not a dependence. It's just a profound respect. Mm-hmm. And I think when there's profound respect within a family with a side of problem solving and great big belly laughs and, you know, just going through life together, I really think anything's possible for a family to conquer. And of course, is that everyone gets older, more people are going to come into that circle (laughs) and knowing what they're coming into and being able to set that foundation of this family is a very firm foundation of respect and kindness and self-leadership and self-led discipline. And I think it's important for the girls too, when they're looking for whoever they're going to maybe spend their life with, right. And to set the foundation of that for when they're going out there and know what to look for. It, it, it helps on so many different levels. This is a little bit silly, but we talked a lot about self-leadership and like where the, the kids bring things to the table. Mom used to call us self-deployed assets, <laughs> which I'm only like starting to understand what that means as a concept because I didn't know what an asset was growing up. But I was think I was telling someone about it the other day, mom. And I was like, isn't it so funny, but also kind of accurate? Like the point is for us to be self-deployed assets, self-deployed into the world. But mom, I then I was like, whose asset were we supposed to be when you said that? Were you thinking of us as like your assets or we or was it like the world's asset? I don't know. What was it supposed to be? Yes, my assets. <laughs> Um, I hope I'm an asset. Do you? You are. (laughs) I wrote in, you know, the little, the big binder journal. I I kept memories of you and I, I copied pages of you for your birthday. I think I wrote when I was pregnant with your sister and you were only one and a half too. how you used to bring me when you noticed that I was having morning sickness or laying on the bed and I couldn't get up and play with you. You brought me my slippers one time. So that was your first your first episode of being a self-deployed asset. I didn't ask you to bring them. <laughs> you just did. It was the sweetest thing. You know what? It's a military term back from one of like the desert storms. Do you remember, Nellie? They were called SDAs. And we learned this term from friends of ours. SDAs. <laughs> and so self-deployed assets were actually munitions that shot themselves. So that's the mindset I came from. But it was remember the term. I don't remember what it was, but yeah, that was Yeah. So we use the 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 initials SDAs, but the definition is self-deployed assets. So it it works really well. You are an asset to me when you are self-led and you will be an asset to the world when you are self-led. So the metaphor does extend nicely. <laughs> But at the time, we just used SDAs as self-deployed assets. Yeah. Well, Nellie, thank you so much for three weeks of your knowledge in in something that you coach people on for a long, long time. I've really appreciated all these little nuggets of wisdom. Yeah, it's been super great. This has been wonderful. I love I love all the intricacies of the conversation we've had, especially in the with having a mother daughter here. It's been it's been really neat. Get both perspectives. Yeah. <laughs> Where can we find you, Nellie? You have so many cool things you're doing. Actually, by the time this comes out, your podcast will be long. So tell us about your podcast and your coaching and where do we find you? So yes, I have a podcast coming out called the 6570 Family Project Podcast. And if you're like, what in the world is that? I promise I tell you right in episode two, episode one is all about my story. So, and then we're going to have incredible guests on there. I'm going to have parents on there. And then I will be sharing nuggets of wisdom and teaching on there as well. So I cannot wait right now. The first four episodes 
episodes are ready. By the time you are all listening to this, I will have more. And so that is the podcast. And then we also, and that is a podcast and a broadcast. So it's also on Amazon fire and Roku as well. Um, and then if you go to my website, Nellie Harden, so that's N E L L I E H A R D E N dot com slash vault. I mm. have an asset. Speaking of assets, <laughs> I have an asset in there for you. It's called the Family Success Vault, and it is filled with just different documents, PDFs, ways to have family meetings, questions that you can sit down and ask to breach conversations with or yeah, breach conversations with, I have videos in there such as how to teach your child to have good judgment without being judgmental, because I feel like that word is tossed around so much that kids are very, very confused about it today. (laughs) And I just have quite a few different assets in there for you. And it is all free. It's just a gift. My, my family to yours. And you can go right there, nellieharden.com backslash vault. And yeah, I'm on Instagram, Nellie Harden and Facebook as well. And I have a great group. So I do two shows a week, one on a podcast, and I do a show in my online community as well. uh, A mini workshop, uh, parenting workshop I do every Thursday. Hmm, And is that give and take parent conversation? So the uh, mini workshop that I do, I actually am answering the uh, community's questions. And so- they have all of these questions that are submitted and I'll take one or two, depending on how deep I need to go into them. And I answer them every Thursday. Awesome. That's so awesome. That's so great. And what day of the week will your podcast come out? Wednesdays. Awesome. Okay. So, so, so does ours. Perfect. <laughs> you can listen to all the parenting things on Wednesdays. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You know, it's just funny. It's like Monday, forget it. Right. Tuesday right. is too close to Monday. You're like Wednesday. I can see Friday. Okay, let's do it. Good. Well, thank you so much again. Oh, you are so welcome. Thank you so much for having me, you guys. Good talking to you, Nelly. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Hi Mom, Let's Talk. If you liked hanging out with us, please rate and review us on iTunes. We'd love to hear your feedback and your support. You can find more relationship tools on our website, HiMomPodcast.com. If you'd like to suggest a topic or share your own story, you can DM us on Instagram at HiMomPodcast or write us through our website. Special thanks to Sienna Ryder for editing our podcast. Thank you for listening and we'll talk to you soon. <laughs>